to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. Uh, we're gripping law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce the, introduce the crew. Guys, thank you so much for uh, for being here today, too. I'll tell you, I, uh, I sent out the call to arms yesterday, and, uh, boy, these guys, uh, it was a resounding support for the show. So, uh, hey, we have got uh, Sergeant Jamie Borden from Critical Incident Review. Uh, Jimmy, producer Jimmy and I were just talking. He goes, don't, don't you have someone that has something to do with like music musician or something? Like, yeah, that's Sergeant Jamie Borton. I know he's just a multi-talented. And then of course we have uh, Sergeant Betsy Brantner Smith and, uh, wow, you know, uh, the, our first topic, she's going to be all over. So, um, and, uh, you know, their her, her organization is getting God's work done. So stay tuned for that. Also retired secret service agent, Mike Matrango with M6 global defense.com. Uh, thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Now, well, look, we have a new sponsor, and uh, you guys are going to hear, be hearing a lot more about Aereo Precision. Uh, you may be familiar with uh, a branch of them called Aereo Defense, and they have absorbed Stag Arms, which I know that just about everybody's familiar with Stag Arms and their AR platform. So uh, welcome, Aereo Precision. Looking forward to talking about, uh, you know, your product line, what you guys offer, and how you guys support law enforcement. Also, we have goals at goals.com slash Leo. AUFire.com, Gunlearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com. We're streaming the eight locations right now. Three of those belong to the Red Voice Media, and they've got about a million followers just on three of their Facebook pages alone. So thanks, guys, for helping make that happen. Now, I kind of hinted that we've got a uh, important main topic here. And uh, yes, and, and, and this is in Betsy's wheelhouse and especially because it deals with the National Police Association. Now, if you've been watching our show for any amount of time, you should be familiar with the National Police Association. So listen listen to the, what's going on here. So lawofficer.com, National Police Association, urges Congress to pass the Housing for Heroes Act of 2023. Now, I have to admit, I, I wasn't that familiar uh, with this act, and I really wasn't that familiar with the information that was in the article. So I, I feel like I've been edu- educated uh, thanks to this article, but it came out saying that the Housing for Heroes Act of 2023, it's also known as H.R. 6863, it would provide a greater number of law enforcement officers with a more affordable path to home ownership by easing restrictions on the Good Neighbor Next Door program. Now, that uh, Good Neighbor program is called GNND, in case I refer to those uh, th- that abbreviation coming up in the article, but the bill was introduced by Representative Michael Lawler, and it was introduced last month, and it's been referred to the House Committee for Financial Services. Now, full-time sworn law enforcement officers, and I was not aware of this, but they currently qualify to purchase a single-family property that's a home, a townhouse, or a condominium at 50% off the list price through this Good Neighbor Next Door program, and it's sponsored by the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Now, to qualify for the discount, the home has to be a HUD-owned property located in a federally designated revitalization area. So there are some hoops to jump through. And I wasn't really aware of an issue with, you know, cops not being able to, you know, get homes. or But but you know what? They, you know, interest rates have been going, you know, have been skyrocketing. Uh, you know, pay is not equal across the board for law enforcement across the country. And, of course, that depends on, you know, where you're at as well. So the Housing for Heroes Act would expand on the, this program that we're talking about by removing the, the residency requirement. And if it's enacted, an officer would still be eligible to purchase a discounted HUD property through this uh, GNND program, even if it's not a revitalization area. 
So that's a plus. Now, the homes available through the HUD, they're actually foreclosures. And affording a home in today's market, according to our article, which is educational, it can be a struggle for police officers, especially in cities where salaries have not kept pace. Now, that's according to Paula Fitzsimmons, and she's the uh, legislative director for National Police Association. So the Housing for Heroes Act would open up a path for home ownership for police officers who may be struggling financially. And, uh, of course, in the article, and, and we as well, we thank uh, Rep. Lawler for introducing the Housing for Heroes Act of 2023 and or the organization, National Police Association, urging Congress to pass that act. So, wow, it's uh, it must be feel pretty good, Betsy, to be part of such a great organization. You guys are just absolutely killing it. So yet again, something else that you guys are involved with that's benefiting, you know, law enforcement and the uh, profession. So thank you. You are so welcome, and, and we're so glad to be involved in this. First and foremost, Paula Fitzsimmons, you, you said her name. She's our legislative director. Follow her on Twitter, For the Blue, the number one. For the Blue and the number one. She has a wonderful substack. She is simply a citizen who went to a Citizen Police Academy in Madison, Wisconsin, and then just started immersing herself in legislation and activism uh, for pro-law enforcement uh, entities. And uh, we finally snatched her up because she's just so amazing. And you can find more of her writings and and uh, the work she's doing at nationalpolice.org, nationalpolice.org. Now, cops in HUD housing, let's talk about that. If you guys remember, we were doing this 30 plus years ago in law enforcement where we had HUD housing, Section 8 housing, and police officers were either given free or greatly reduced uh, apartments in those areas to do what? To do community policing. Well, then fast forward to 2014, the death of Michael Brown, the war on cops really ramped up thanks to Barack Obama and cops started getting pushed out of these types of situations. So now we come come to 2024 and Representative Mike Lawler, it's appropriate that this comes out of New York because, uh, and I don't think a lot of folks know this, you think NYPD would be a really highly paid police department? They're not. Uh, very often what happens in the NYPD, they end up shoving four or five or six rookie cops into a two-bedroom apartment to live because they don't make much money. And uh, so what this is going to do is to bring police officers to revitalize neighborhoods and allow them to become homeowners. This is one of the things we talk about so much at, at National Police Association, and, and you guys know this, the, the pay disparity around the country for law enforcement is pretty extraordinary. You know, you go to Alameda, California, where they have a $70,000 hiring bonus to uh, rural Mississippi, where they're making a dollar above minimum wage. And uh, so what this uh, is going to do is to bring home ownership to more and more police officers and bring police officers into neighborhoods that are in the process of being revitalized so that we can do true community policing. Remember Robert Peel, right? People are the police and the police are the people. That's exactly what uh, the uh, HR 6863 aims to do. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's a great thing. You know, I, I, don't, I know a lot of people you know, that are watching the show, perhaps they don't realize this. I mean, there were, I, I even, you know, I, like I said earlier, I learned things from reading the article, but even back in the day when I got my first Mark unit 
And I had neighbors saying, hey, do you mind parking that in front of my place? You know, can you park that over here, over here, over there? You know, it, it is. And that alone is good for good police, uh, you know, for police community relations. So, uh, so yeah, I, I admire you guys uh, making the stand on this and urging Congress to pass it. And and Chip, we we so appreciate you, uh, your support of this and, of course, your support of us. I want to remind everybody we're a charity. Go to nationalpolice.org, nationalpolice.org. You can uh, you can donate and you can support these initiatives. Um, we're involved in legislation. We are involved in, uh, you know, we're still, in fact, we have a court date coming up. Uh, I think it's next week. Uh, still trying to get the Nashville Covenant School Shooting Manifesto released. Uh, hello, Biden administration. We're talking to you. And uh, uh, we have got so much happening. We support individual cops and we support American, uh, the American public uh, who support us. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, they're they're helping us out. I'm speaking to you, Leos, and actually the civilians as well, because guess who protects you and, and uh, protects your First Amendment rights? You know, so uh, guys, support the National Police Association, nationalpolice.org. Now, uh, Betsy, good choice of color that you're wearing today. Apparently, the other guys in the show did not get the memo. So that's all I, I can know, talk. right? It's it's okay. You know, <laughs> I'm going to jump off of this and jump onto Newsmax. And uh, so I thought I'd come all formal today. But, like you know, <laughs> my, my brothers, Mike and Jamie, you know what they look like? They look like they're ready to go, ready to jump into action. We appreciate that too. So, so yes, we know you've got the Newsmax thing lined up. So I, uh, I don't know how long, how long you're staying, or if you have the bug now, which is fine. But, uh, but thank you so much for for, nah. for making the appearance and uh, and. I'm uh, gonna and stay, Chip, because I like this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, stay as long <laughs> as you can. We love having you. Thank you. Now, Jamie Borden. All right. Yeah, the, our, our our favorite musician. You're up, brother. Brother. Well, I just, you know, the the actual, the, the home I'm living in now, I got through a program called NACA and Homes for Heroes. And, wow. uh, and, and it was in the, it was, you know, I had gone through that crash. I'd lost my original home, uh, you know, balloon payments, uh, illegal lending things that I fell victim to. And, you know, in the aftermath of that, the support from these types of programs, uh, I mean, it changed my life. I, I was able to reestablish my footing and, and get a good foothold and really just got an outstanding uh, support from NACA. Now, jumping through the hoops, I heard you say that this was a 19 month process. And, and I'm telling you, it was, I mean, it was a trying process to get through this whole thing. And a lot of that was because NACA um, being who and what they are was a very bureaucratic uh, environment. And, and remember, everybody had lost homes. Everybody's credit was shambles. So they wanted, you know, document after document after document after document to, to support and prove who you were purporting yourself to be. And I understood all that, but it was worth it. And uh, hats off to you, Betsy, for, you know, making it real for law enforcement. I work with law enforcement all over the country. And when I see what some of the pay, the, what their pay scales are, it's disturbing for sure. Absolutely. You know, I'm here in the radio station, but I, I'm just thinking, you know, if I had the squat at one of your houses, I'm thinking it's be, you know, I'm looking at that studio that Jamie's in. I'm thinking I could use that studio. I don't know. But Betsy, I don't know. She's got a pretty nice dig too. Hey, uh, first commercial <laughs> break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about Galls at Galls.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear 
And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't checked out the new Gauls lately, please go to gauls.com slash Leo and check them out. Now, look, we always talk about law enforcement, but, you know, we do have those hose dragger buddies of ours, the firefighters, and they're <laughs> included, too, at goals.com slash Leo, even military. So if you have family, friends, and loved ones that are involved in those professions, go to goals.com slash Leo. They've got a great – they've got gift cards. They've got great products that will help these professions, you know, while they're doing their work and help save lives. So goals.com slash Leo. And, of course, their uniform program is second to none. Even my former agency has a Gauls office on the second floor lobby of the Tampa Police Department. So go to goals.com slash Leo. Don't wait. Go to the day. You'll be glad you did. Uh, let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. I'm smiling because, yeah, there's some trash talk going on on the private <laughs> chat here. And uh, Jamie said he's got a picture of Betsy and her husband, uh, you know, Buck Savage in Vegas, and I didn't even think that it existed. But he's he's he, first time he holds it up. She was looking down, didn't see it, but he got her. The, he got her the second time. So, so, hey, and I'm thinking, you know, Jamie, you might look better in black a, after all than than blue. I don't know if I would put you in blue or not. You just got that, you know, that you know, that badass quality, you know. Look, I wear and, blue as long as it's black. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah that well, guys, uh, moving along here then, and, th and thanks again for that information, uh, Betsy. And, uh, and uh, guys, again, support the organization. Uh, you're supporting yourself when you do that, actually. Um, let's go to our, our, our next topic. And uh, this is th these are all great topics today. At lawofficer.com, we have a disgraceful Tacoma police chief. He's alleging that his cops are racist after their acquittals. Now, it didn't really say in the article, but I had to look up a picture of the chief because I was wondering after reading the article, is this chief white? Is he black? I mean, he's a cute, you know, these guys got acquitted. Why is he saying that they're racist and stuff? So the chief is a, he's a black male. And unfortunately in the article, uh, and it was written by Steve Pomper. So he goes, he starts off saying, unfortunately for Compton Tacoma, Washington, if they did not know it before, they just learned big time. They're working for chief wokeness. And, uh, and so his name is chief. Avery Moore. Now, the observation stems from the recent acquittal of three Tacoma police officers who were wrongly charged with murder and manslaughter, thanks to, and it just spirals from there, the uh, Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson, uh, and they put in quotes, I hate cops, that's his mantra, um, and the overdose death of Manuel Ellis, who'd attacked and fought the police officers. So according to Peter Talbot of the Tacoma News Tribune, cutting the proverbial, cutting to the chase here, the attorneys Ann Bremner and Mark Conrad said that when political motivations and narratives are stripped away, the case was about mental health and drug addiction. Now, shooting um, off the woke Richter scale, according to our article, Chief Moore essentially accused all American cops, but especially the now former Tacoma officers, Matthew Collins and Christopher Burbank and also Timothy Rankin, of having a detrimental impact on blacks, indigenous people and people of color. And these communities. And then he apologized to these groups um, in, in the Uniforce, saying that on behalf of himself and his officers, uh, that he is extending a personal and collective apology for this. So, wow. He also accused cops of oppression, abuse, and dehumanization. 
hidden in this awareness of the historical context of policing carried out under the color of law. He kind of goes on from there and it doesn't get any better. So, um, look, every, you know, it's kind of like family, you know, a lot of times you do, you know, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. You know, I, I feel, I feel sorry for officers who work for, you know, it's, it's bad enough when you work for agencies that don't support you, especially, you know, you don't, it's easy to support people when they're doing the right thing and, and they're, you know, they're just getting it done. But when people, when you screw up and we look, we're all human. There's a human component to everything we do and we make mistakes. And that's when you really need the backing of the people you work for. But when you're, this goes to an extra level when you're working for people like this. And even when these guys get acquitted, they're still being thrown on the bus and notice that they no longer work for that agency. Uh, wow. Um, so we've got all open mics guys, whoever wants to start in, just go ahead and jump in. But wow, Mike, I think the first thing that I would say is, is anybody surprised that they don't want to work for that agency? You know, this is a toxic environment. I believe that, uh, you know, what I would recommend that those officers do is file a civil lawsuit, uh, against that, uh, chief for his, uh, his actions and his words. Um, you know, sometimes what we need to understand is those of us that are put in a leadership role is that we don't always have to speak on things such as this, that his words um, can absolutely cause a very toxic environment. And they have obviously caused a toxic environment amongst his department. How do you expect to lead after that? What officer would want to work for an individual that is not going to have their back? that is going to chastise them even after they've left the department. He should just shut his mouth, in my opinion. Well, these officers, they each took a half a million dollar cash settlement to leave. So they're all gone. And uh, Chief Moore, he wants to be uh, Seattle. That's, and you know, and, and uh, if you don't know who Steve Pomper is, he's one of our best writers, incredible investigator. He writes for National Police Association. He writes for Brandon Tatum. And uh, uh, this situation, um, when this happened, again, um, you know, Tacoma, Washington is uh, now, uh, thanks in part to people like Chief Moore, is a little Seattle, Washington. Um, you go there and, uh, you know, homeless on the streets, drugs, garbage, this and that. And what Chief Moore is doing is uh, basically auditioning to either become the chief of uh, Seattle or Portland or get a job in the Biden administration, DOJ, uh, to, you know, be one of those uh, consultants uh, who spends uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, taking over uh, law enforcement agencies from a federal uh, from a federal standpoint. And this is here's the problem. Chief Moore is not doing a damn thing for the citizens of Tacoma. And he knows it, you know, as uh, our former president famously said, everything woke goes to crap. And uh, that's what's happening in Tacoma. And some little back office story on that. Those officers have been completely run out of town by the chief's actions. They, they can't, they certainly couldn't work that that job in that jurisdiction if they wanted to based on his actions. And, and here's a person that, you know, by all accounts, and, and I, I, you know, in the work that I do, I often encourage chiefs to not forget where they came from, understand the hard work that the officers are doing and understand their perspective in the context that they're working in on the streets. Well, quite frankly, this chief appears to me with no background that this person was never a good cop to begin with and ended up in a position where the, uh, he could direct his energies towards uh, you know, the deflation of police officers and the control of police officers and the defamation of, of police officers. And that's exactly what's happening here. And these officers, they'll be lucky to get a job in law enforcement anywhere after this. And the citizens of Tacoma 
are over it. They found these three officers not guilty across the board. They're over it. He is the person that's bringing unsafe conditions to that jurisdiction. And I'm telling you, something's got to be done about this. And this is what we do. We chisel away at this one swing at a time. And it just, it's, it's exhausting, but it's impassioning. Well, his actions and his words have caused financial hardship upon them. So that's why I say that, that these individuals need to be held accountable. They should remain quiet on these particular types of of uh, personal feelings, and we need to move on. They need Thanks, to sue Mike. him. Commercial break, guys. We'll be right back. You know, guys, struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate church and seizure doctrines into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to bluethegold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week, they're talking about RVs, motels, and tents. So sign up at bluethegold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. So now it's time to talk about aufire.com. It stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's aufire.com. It's the gold standard, gold standard in tactical simulation. So for the first time ever, agencies and Leos can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, or other objects in AUFIRE's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you've ever wondered how to train your officers or how they would react in real-world situations, now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills thanks to aufire.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Talk Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, um, I, I do just want to mention one thing about the state of Washington. And guys, if if anyone disagrees with me, feel free to jump in. But, you know, there is possibility. I mean, as, as tough as it is in certain jurisdictions to to have that good police leader, whether you're a police chief or a sheriff. You know, we've got uh, Sheriff Mark Kreider on the show from Walla Walla County in, in Washington State. And, uh, you know, he's... Uh, what former uh, FBI and he's uh, and he's now the uh, duly elected sheriff there and he's getting it done the right way and you've got people all over the country and it's not necessarily the, the most popular position to take uh, but it is possible Jamie well and 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 you know teaching and I know Betsy especially is familiar with this phenomenon uh, teaching in Washington and Tigard which is literally spitting distance from Portland. That's a gunslinging, Wild West, conservative group of people that are out to protect the public at all costs. And they've got the support of their chief. They've got their support, the support of police chiefs and, and sheriffs in those, in those outlying counties. It's these concentrated areas, these municipalities that, that carry the concentration of this wokeism. And you get right outside of the border and it's a different world out there, man. And, and it's just a, it's a stunning reality when you get out in the mix because I have to land, I have to fly in and out of Portland. I have to fly in and out of Seattle to get to these places. And, and literally, I'm, I have to protect myself from the realities of those environments just getting to the classes that people have brought me out to teach regarding you know, decision-making and use of force and investigations. So it, it's a phenomenon that's uh, it's, it's crazy to watch unfold out there. It really is. That's why there's this this movement a lot of people don't know about to make parts of Washington uh, actually Idaho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Washington. One of the best places to go is Spokane County, Washington, because you you just can't believe 
that uh, that you're in the same state where Seattle and Tacoma are. Exactly. And, uh, you know, but I mean, and I got to tell you, you know, because Jamie, like you, you know, we go to Seattle. We really try and avoid it now as much as possible. But, um, you know, it's it's so difficult because you see these hardworking, uh, good cops there and they yeah. are stymied at every turn. But again, we continue to see uh, even in places like Seattle and, of course, Portland, Oregon, um, the tide is really starting to turn it a is. little bit because even uh, even the even the far left is tired of being uh, uh, crime victims and and tired of stepping over tranked up bodies and this and that. So, uh, you know, there, I, I do see hope even in some of these areas. Well, yeah. And when you draw the line between the, the almost the religious type of environment that liberal and conservative people have, it's the fight at a different level, the democratic and, and, and the Republican inner workings of that it's, it's Democrats that are just as tired and just as unsafe as any Republican, regardless of your, far left leaning or for far right leaning, you know, that we all know that there's extremes on both sides, but that part of it, everybody, every American is tired of it. Right. And we still have to deal with this wokeism thing. And, and like you said, there's good hard work and cops that are still doing this job, regardless of the environment that they work in. And my hats are off to them. And I'm here uh, as, as doing what I do in my field to to be the one that explains this information to people that don't otherwise understand and it is an uphill battle i say this all the time in the media people who don't feel safe aren't free we talk about uh freedom as americans and of course we thank and bless our military for helping keep us free but day to day in this country who's trying to keep americans free that's the American law enforcement officer. And if you don't feel safe, regardless of your political affiliation, if you don't feel safe to leave your home, to drive your kid to school, to go to the grocery store, to, to be a, a senior citizen walking down your street to take a little stroll, then you're not really free. This should not be a political issue. And uh, we're just, you know, American law enforcement, we're just trying to keep our citizens free and safe. Well, I think that, you know, one of the important things is that we need, you know, whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, conservative, liberal, uh, criminals don't care uh, that, that they're, they don't care what you are. And, um, you know, a lot of these individuals that are pushing out or they're speaking rhetoric uh, more on the liberal side of, of having some of these um, luxuries or um, these entitlement type programs that are causing these cities to be overrun by liberal politics and politicians. I think that even uh, after so many times of where these individuals have, have been caused hardships or they've been assaulted or their wives or their children have been assaulted, I think that they, they finally start realizing that maybe my philosophy is not my reality. And uh, you're right. It's, uh, it's the people that are going to make a difference, regardless of political affiliations. You become assaultive enough assaulted enough. You become, uh, you know, uh, you know, hindered by uh, the actions or inactions of your government when you just try to go downtown and shop, regardless of your political affiliations, you're going to get tired of it. Yeah. Right. So, All right, guys, but look, it's time to move on. So um, thank you for the, for weighing in on police one. We have our first story with a video component. So look for our 
audio listeners that are listening to us by podcast and, and radio, please stay loyal to this platform. So bringing you this good quality content and we appreciate that. So we'll describe in great detail what's going on. So you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. But if you have to see the video, you know, this live show, we reproduce it the next morning at nine o'clock in the morning. And in that produced version, we include and we embed the videos that we talk about. We put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. It's a neat way to watch the show. Uh, so again, our show is live on the radio and streaming it on social media and stuff Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, but Tuesday through Saturday at nine o'clock in the morning, this thing gets put on our rumble channel. Our name of our channel channel, of course is Leo Roundtable, and you've got all the embedded videos and pictures. So it makes for a great way to watch the show. So on police one, this story is titled group punches and kicks NYPD cops. That's plural outside of a migrant shelter. So yeah, we were just kind of like hinting around some of this, uh, Border stuff with what you guys were talking about. In New York, a group of migrants pummeled NYPD officers attempting to make an arrest outside a shelter in Times Square. And this is according to sources on Tuesday. So two officers and a lieutenant from NYPD's Midtown South Precinct approached the group of men outside a migrant shelter around 8.30 p.m. on Saturday. Now, this incident, according to our, our author for the article, seemed likely to raise the temperature of the already heated debate surrounding the migrant crisis in which more than 100,000 migrants came into the city last year. So if we were talking about the southern border, that amount would be in the millions, right? So they're just getting a taste of what's going on on that border down south. But four of the suspects were released without bail following the arraignment. That's right. You heard that correctly. The officers have been trying to break up the disorderly crowd outside the Candler building, and they announced the opening of a mega shelter back in March. So when the cops attempted to put one of the men under arrest, multiple people started attacking them. There was a video to back this up. The men kicked and punched the officers in the head and in the body. And the lieutenant suffered a cut to his face during the melee. He was treated uh, along with his colleagues as well. Two 19-year-old men and a 24-year-old man and a 21-year-old man were arrested at the scene. All were charged with assault on a police officer. It's automatic felony. Uh, the men uh, live at the migrant shelters in Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn. And about 67,000 migrants total are in the city's care currently. 67,000. That's, that's just a drop in the bucket for what we've been experiencing around the country. Police are still searching for five other men that were involved in the brawl as well. But while just, you know, you know, watching, watching that video, Betsy, and just seeing the lack of respect for law enforcement, and, of course, that's just the tone that's been set across the country. Wow. Well, and these men were Venezuelan uh, asylum seekers. And so we need to remember that the Biden administration has given them special status in our country. So those men were, you know, yes, they were arrested. We've got five more that uh, they're looking for. And I want everybody to, when you look at that video, look at how they come in and they cheap shot those cops, kick them, punch them, this and that. And, uh, but the four that were arrested were released without bail. They will never see the inside of a courtroom. And, uh, and we all know that. And, uh, you know, it was a friend of mine from NYPD said yesterday that, um, you know, ordinarily what would happen is that area would be swarmed with patrol officers and you for a week, you wouldn't be able to throw a cigarette butt down or spit out your chewing gum without getting arrested. And you know what? Things would change, but now the complete lack of respect 
not only for law enforcement, but for the city that is hosting them, that is paying for them. One of the big issues right now in New York, in addition to this is, and I don't know if any of you have been there lately, but the city has mounds of trash everywhere. And this is in part due to this extraordinary migrant population who has no respect for the city that is hosting them, caring for them, and paying for their every need while homeless veterans and homeless citizens are being booted out into the street. Wow, I wish I could say, it. I thought it was gonna get better, but we I think we all know better. Hey, it's time for our last commercial break. Stick with us, guys. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can also get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did gunlearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. Man, uh, yeah, what a, um, I'll tell you, we're going to have a lot more stories like this, unfortunately, that we're going to have to be covering. But, um, you know, going out, you know, Jamie Borden, you know, you are a man of, uh, of, uh, of many talents and you travel across the country. And uh, look, I know you're, I know you're not single and not available, so that's not where I'm going with this. In case you're getting <laughs> concerned, okay. But uh, if people want to get more information about you and Critical Incident Review, can you just tell them, uh, give them a little snippet about what you're involved with? Yeah, so criticalincidentreview.com uh, is our website. The four core classes are available there for review. You can look at our uh, syllabus and, and all of our outlines and everything that the courses cover. Um, primarily, I, I'm involved in teaching police officers, executive staff, and uh, even uh, citizen review boards and the communities about what's entailed in uh, police use of force investigations. And that includes uh, human performance factors that are oftentimes misinterpreted and misunderstood uh, when we apply scientific principles and the collision with uh, forensic video review and examination and how video evidence can be misunderstood, misinterpreted uh, and misread and, and used in a knee jerk reaction in some of these uh, high profile incidents that are guiding our country down the wrong path. And you're actually able to dumb this information down for, you know, for us common folk that we can understand all this stuff. Is that, <laughs> that, is that correct? Yes. Remember, I'm a knuckle drag and drive fast <laughs> with the blue lights on cop. So um, my uh, I know how cops learn because I are one. And this is <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the course is developed. Um, I've got a, a very deep uh, understanding of the scientific principles. And a lot of that has to do surprisingly with my music career and, and what I know it, it, it takes to be conditioned at a thing to be good at it. So a lot of those human performance factors are, are what I talk about it. But remember, I'm a drummer in a rock band and a cop. So um, I know how to teach those folks. And uh, I, I really have had a great, great level of success with it. 
Uh, excellent. And, and of course, Mike Matranga, you know, you're, I, I know you're retired Secret Service, but you're with m6globaldefense.com, you know, currently. And uh, I guess our, our listeners can go there and get more information about you as well. Sure. Yes. Uh, I'm the owner of M6 Global Defense. Uh, we're a team of uh, uh, professionals in the security space that have about 600 years of practical experience. Uh, the majority of us are either former Secret Service, uh, law enforcement, clinical psychologists. Um, we have a very robust team. We do consulting for pretty much all verticals. We have a heavy presence in schools uh, because we feel there's a need there. Uh, but we do corporations and uh, critical infrastructure, you name it. And uh, so we do everything turnkey from the identification down to the planning, the training, the implementation of the software and putting it all together. So oh, well, yeah, thank you. And, and, and Betsy, I know I know we've been talking about the nationalpolice.org. Um, and, and I know that you teach with your husband around the country as well. But uh, but I hope people are watching or just making note um, about, you know, you know, nationalpolice.org, of course, and, and of course, you know, all, you know, M6 and critical incident review, all these. But um, if, if they want more information about you or if they're interested maybe in perhaps in training and stuff, where can they go for that information? So you can find me. Uh, I've got my own page on nationalpolice.org. You can also find me on Twitter, SGT Betsy Smith. And you can, of course, uh, find me on uh, LinkedIn. And uh, my husband as well, Dave Smith, uh, better known as jd buck savage and we are uh still traveling around the country uh training cops and uh just doing everything we can for this profession and for this country you know it's a uh it's a beautiful yeah, and there there you've got a little uh visual uh going on for already on podcast sisters yes that we have another screenshot from las vegas and of course i can't tell you what was in it because you know what happens in las vegas of course stays there but, uh, hey, look, we've got time, I think, for one more story that's got a video component. So on Police One, surveillance footage has been released. A man shoots a Philly officer before a fatal officer-involved shooting. But hey, listen to how this goes down again. We're in Philadelphia, so we have two Philadelphia cops. Um, they had their weapons holstered before a scuffle with a man inside a corner deli when one of the officers was shot by a suspect who was then, in return, fatally shot by the wounded officer's partner. So we had a great outcome on this. No, they weren't fighting over the deli sandwich. Listen to how this goes down. Guys, this is how it can go. It can go bad in a heartbeat. And um, just listen to this. So the department... Um, they promised full transparency about this incident that happened on Friday night inside a corner store. They released several minutes of security video. And, and again, I'm not talking body cam, I'm talking security video. And it's about the police use of force and the fatal shooting of 28-year-old Alexander Spencer. Now, two officers, they end up wrestling with Spencer, who's our bad guy. They're on the floor, and two shots end up ringing out in a five-second span. Now, neither uh, new police commissioner Kevin Bethel, Bethel or the district attorney Larry Krasner uh, took questionings during the conference. So they're just giving statements. The officer's guns, they said, were holstered 
and only after being shot do they take their weapon out. And of course, all this you know started happening when they were in a scuffle with this bad guy. Video shows two uniformed police officers stomping in a narrow store as several men are walking. You know, there, it's near a row of video uh, gambling machines. The officers appear to confront this bad guy, Spencer, about whether he has a gun. And the three began wrestling. And, of course, our bad guy, from what I saw, appeared to be going for the gun during the wrestling match. Now, he alerts his partner. So one of the cops alerts his partner that there's a gun. The struggle is on. So the fight is on. And uh, and this information is coming from Deputy Commissioner Frank Benore. So the injured officer, who was ended up in a crouched position, suffered four wounds when he was shot by a single bullet. And he may have tried. Well, the commissioner says he may have tried to fire back. But he could not. So in, in reality, he was not able to fire back. And uh, the weapon apparently may have malfunctioned that the officer had. The other officer, though, his partner, did do that. And uh, he struck uh, Spencer, a bad guy. The suspect's gun appeared to be uh, kicked out and uh, slid across the floor. Now, we saw it later on in the video. It was pointed out to us because I missed it originally. Uh, but somebody comes by and they pick, they pick up the gun. The cops weren't even aware of that, but they identify that guy as Jose Quinoz uh, Mendez, 43 years old, and they're looking for him, the guy that took the, uh, that took the gun, and, and really evidence in this, uh, in this scene. So that guy's going to be in a world of hurt soon. But uh, while wow, just this melee, all this stuff going on, going on, and Jamie, I know this is your world, breaking down the stuff, um, you know, because you see it go down in real time, which I think is important, you know, for the viewer because a lot of people just don't realize – you know, they watch things in slow motion, and it's easy to grasp what's going on. you got little circles about, hey, here's the bad guy's gun, bad guy's hands on the officer's gun over here. But, you know, when you watch things in real time, you just you just can't pick up on that, even for the trained eye. So, Jamie, uh, your, your, um, your feelings on this one. So you, you nailed it. You said, I didn't see that when you were watching the video the first time. And it's really not apparent because you don't know what to look for, right? If you know what to look for through hindsight attribution, you will see things that you don't normally see. Well, you nailed it, Chip. I didn't see that. Now, I've had a case. I can't talk about where it was at. This A very similar situation happened where an officer fired shots. There was no weapon found on scene. So automatically the officer is a liar until I did an, a, a very deep analysis on the video and I found that weapon in four frames of video out of 35,000 frames of video. We found where the weapon was, it was ejected and, and someone as in this video, which happens all the time, walked up picked up the weapon and walked away. And that happens more times than I'd like to con th th than I can even really uh, verify because we have cases where officers have fired shots, things aren't seen in video, a weapon isn't found, and now the officers are held culpable because this was an unarmed subject. This is a little different. The officer was shot. We've got other evidence. But, you know, if you look at the core of this, how much on that video wasn't seen until we know what happened, right? So in hindsight, that hindsight attribution, and then the officers are held to the standard that they see everything and that they're aware of everything. How, we can't hold them to that standard. The video is not their experience. And, and I, if I made one point from this, it would be that. I'm glad the officers are okay. They're working under an impossible climate out there. And that video can be very, very misleading. Thank and you. here's the thing. I was on Philadelphia radio talking about this case this morning. They, uh, you know, they have a new police commissioner and they have a new mayor and the mayor, and she's a Democrat. She pledged last year that she was going to increase the ranks of the police department, let them go back, 
to legal stop and frisk. And that's what those officers were doing in this situation. And they, you know, Larry Krasner, their DA out there is a Soros installed piece of poo, but the mayor and the police commissioner immediately released that surveillance video. They're releasing body cam. And they said, you know what? Our officer didn't do anything wrong. We're glad he's okay. And he was just doing his job. So the climate's changing in Philadelphia as it is, I think, around the country. Wow. Excellent. Excellent commentary. Guys, really, really appreciate it. Um, I do want to take this opportunity to just mention the Wounded Blue, the woundedblue.org, a 501c3 that was founded by Lieutenant Randy Sutton from Las Vegas Metro Police Department. And they're helping cops out in the world of hurt, suffering from things like PTSD and other issues. So, uh, look, it, it's worthy of looking into, and they're worthy of your support, guys. And you know what? They're not going to embarrass you either. So the Wounded Blue, the woundedblue.org. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks, guys, for being on the show. Guys, please support these organizations. Uh, Aereo Precision as well. A shout-out to them. Gauls, aufire.com, gunlearn.com, bluethegold.com, and mymedicare.live. Also, thanks to the free press at tampafp.com, redvoicemedia.com. See you guys back tomorrow, 12 Eastern.